bit Sally here. Just a quick one, just a quick one. If you like this really sweary podcast by Kalechi, sorry, Kalechi, do remember to rate and review Say Your Mind on Apple Podcasts, okay? Now for the very urban intro music. <laughs> It's the Ben's Punani woman is Baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this Baby sit down, sit down, receive this realness Make sure your cup's ready for the tea we are go sipping yo Hard time scrolling for your long shorts You might learn something you never know let you find And she's one of a kind Don't say you mind, say you mind Why should I feel discouraged when the ashes come why should I fling my straw so slowly when I tell you to suck your mom Cause Jesus said Don't try me Nah, I can't finish it I can't, I can't finish it Because I know where I would have taken the lyrics And I can't I just can't do that to one of my favourite gospel songs. I can't. I cannot. I cannot. <laughs> so it is I, Kalechai, not Kalechai, Kalechi, in the Bumbaclark place to be. And it's just me this week because Sadiq is taking a rest. Can you see how much this guy is resting? I feel like it's just Pisces energy where you can just be like, mm, yeah, you know, babe, I, I just need to rest. But he does want to talk to you all next week about Malcolm and Marie, which gives me time to watch it because I have not watched it yet. And he's very much wanting to talk about that. I wonder what he would have said, because, you know, he loves Lauren Hill. So you'd have probably remember this song from Sister Act 2. But, you know, then he goes on to give us some very wild information thereafter. Um, so, yeah, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? But, yeah. Anyway, welcome to another week of SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What, that's right, Suck Your Mum. Heads up about two things. 22nd, is it of Feb? Well, anyway, around that date anyway. So there'll be a podcast episode next week, but they will not be a podcast episode the week after. I thought I would be away, but I'm not away, but... um. I'll just be using that time instead since um, it's already scheduled that I'm not here anyway. So I'll be chilling. And also, I've decided, I have decided to follow Jesus. What, what? I have decided to follow Jesus. <sighs> anyway, no, I've decided to do another small run of the Spiritual Seasoning for the Soul um, Oracle deck. Um, they'll be coming out maybe around Easter. That's what I'm thinking. It might be slightly before, but I think that we can all just hope for around Easter. So if you missed the first run, this will be the final run of just a little, you know, a, a, a few more cards for your head tops. Um, it's still staying with the kind of number that I like, Um so yeah, so you'll have a, a, a few more. So just bear that in mind. Obviously, my patrons will know about the drop first. 
so they'll be able to get in there and get their cards. I feel like I'm doing better with my braces now. Um, it's so hard to kind of fit in all the food you want to eat into two hours because you're meant to have these in 22 hours a day. So I've kind of like portioned it out and it's just stressful. It's just stressful. But um, it's fine. You know, I'm dealing with it. I'm dealing with it amongst other things. Um, it's just a lot. My boobs hurt. I just thought I'd share that. My breasts hurt because um, I decided that I was just going to stop breastfeeding Lev. Um, he was already, you know, eating all of his, you know, food and solid food and all of that for, for ages and ages, but he would still be breastfed at certain times. But I just thought this is enough because I was absolutely, I think it's called like nursing aversion or breastfeeding aversion. I absolutely just was gotten to the point where I hated it. It was just bringing up such wild, like horrible memories for me, just of various points in my life. And that's when you know that it's done. Um, yeah, I was going to sing a 112 song, but I just think that that's too on the nose. It's too on the nose. So, um, yeah. Uh, so mm, dealing with that, you have to go through all of this breast engorgement, um, and all of this stuff, but it's okay. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm using all of my little homeopathic, um, bits and it's really helping. And we've been going a while now and it's going really, really well. And I know some people have these emotions where they miss it and they're like, oh my God, I'm not breastfeeding my baby anymore. Fuck off, fuck off. I don't care. I don't miss it. I don't miss it at all. So I'm glad to be done with that. I'm just very much, I don't think you understand how much I enjoy having my body to myself. Um, after pregnancy, breastfeeding, all of this, all of that. I just want my body back for, for me, just for me to enjoy um, for a while. Um, um, so yeah, anyway, this week has been a madders. This week has been absolutely mad. I don't even, you know, when it came to kind of choosing bits to talk about, there's just so much going on in the world that it's just absolutely, it's a lot. But I will say that I've been watching The Real Housewives of Atlanta because obviously you know that I love the show. It's weird without Nini there, but we've had Nini not be there before. But actually it let other people's madness come to the fore a lot more. That rhymed. Um, but yeah, like, it's absolutely wild. That Latoya girl, I'm not feeling her, but my least favourite per my least favourite person this season has to be Ralph, um, Drew's husband. He is a demon. Like, the guy is an actual demon. Like, to watch him gaslight Drew, and I know people fling that word gaslighting around, but nah, you literally watch him, watch him gaslight Drew. It's mad, it's a madness. I despise him. And then to see them having that therapy session um, with the relationship counsellor. First of all, when she said, oh, I've booked us, Drew said, oh, I've booked up a, um, booked us a relationship counsellor. And he was like, oh, I bet you've already told her about me and you've already set her up against me. And I just thought, why be in a relationship if all you see is it as a battleground? Like he strikes me as somebody that's so combative and he's dealing with a lot of trauma doesn't know how to process it and he's just doing the absolute wildest things like I yeah I just don't enjoy him and I think that Drew uh needs to do something about that but they yeah so they see the relationship counselor and she's the kind of black woman that really really worries me as a as a therapist as a relationship therapist because she very much kind of excused his behavior, like the way she was talking. And then you hear Drew like get upset at point and try to point all of this out to her. And it seems to just go over her head. She's like, well, he wants to change now. So that's what we care about. And I just thought, mm, no, no, 
Um, obviously, Kenya um, just continues being her little toxic self. Um, her preoccupation with uh, Portia doing her all of her Black Lives Matter um, stuff. It's really interesting that she keeps referring to it as like photo ops. Like, why is it that we always see when Portia is being taken by the police? Hmm. Hmm. Shut up. Because we know you and your photo ops from the past. If that is the case, we know that you're that way inclined too. So just shut up. Cynthia is very, very irresponsible for still wanting to persist with the, a wedding, even drew, drew, like during a panna cotta. Um, and she doesn't want to hear word. And I love that her daughter has grown so much that she's patterning her. And it's the same with um, Riley as well. Like you can, Riley's got smoke for candy nowadays. And I, and I sort of enjoy it. Um, yeah. So all in all, I just find it rather, it's just an interesting, it's, it's, I will, I will watch as long as it's on, I know I'm going to watch. Right. So as much as I cast Andy Cohen and to the producers and everything else, you'll still find me there watching because I love that type of TV. Not going to lie. Not going to lie. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to share that with y'all. Um, and then, okay, so let's get into the tarot then for this week. So the tarot, whew. So I just kind of put to spirit, like, what is the general, um, what's the general message for us at this time? Because it seems like so much is happening and everything feels, um, really, really chaotic. Even with me not being online or being active online, I still obviously see the chaos, uh, and it's funny because then the first card that came out is the tower card, which speaks to chaos. Everything is cha chaotic at the moment. It feels like everything is crumbling as it should. And as it is, you know, things are shifting. And so this, I keep saying it, this preoccupation that people have with, oh, I just want things to go back to normal. You're not going back to any normal. You're not going back to a normal. And this kind of idea of even a new normal, you're wasting your time yet again, because things are going to feel very, very hicky hacker for a while until we have a system in place that truly benefits the collective dirt. Um, and so anyway, because of this chaos and the way that everything's happening, we've then got the magician in reverse. So that, you know, the first two cards that we see are major arcana cards. Um, so we've got the tower and then we've got the magician in reverse. A lot of people are feeling powerless right now. You're feeling like I don't have control over anything. I don't have control over how life is playing um, out for me. But what you need to understand is at the same time that you're feeling powerless, all of this chaos is happening to show you the people, like I keep saying week after week, that do not deserve to be elected to have your power. You know, you're using your power to elect them into office and they're not serving you in the way that they should. And it, you, you feel disillusioned and you start thinking, well, what is the point of any of this anyway? We're not going to get anywhere. Nothing is going to get done. That's why we see the eight of pentacles in reverse, you're feeling like, well, nothing's going to get done. None of this is ever going to change. So what is the point? And that's why we then have the Ace of Pentacles card upright soon after the Ace of Pentacles in reverse, because it's saying that there is a point to all of this. You need to understand that this is a God-given opportunity, this moment that we have, and we've lost so many people and it's so incredibly sad and tragic. At the same time, what we're seeing is that we can't let those deaths be in vain because this, all of these governments that were fucking everything up, they need to be held to account. They need to be held to task because they have really disrespected the thing. They've really disrespected us. And so the time of 
nine of swords in reverse, the time of our mourning and our anxiety needs to come to an end where we actually galvanize ourselves to move into action. Because we've seen seven of cups in reverse, that the things that were presented to us as the ideals, as the aspirations, as the like, you know, as you know, I've talked about this before in terms of celebrity culture and the way that things have been presented to us, we're at now realizing that some of those options are just absolute bullshit. I'm always saying like, why do we need to choose between the lesser of two evils? Why the fuck do we have to choose between evils? You know, that means that we need to get rid of the structure that only gives us evil as option A and option B. Or makes us believe that those are the only two options. Meanwhile, there's option C, D, E, F. I'm not going to say the whole alphabet to you, but you get it, right? Um, and so then we've got the judgment card in reverse. And then we've got the nine of pentacles in reverse. And to me, that is again saying that we're not done. This moment of the, you know, the judgment that we need to see across the globe, we are not done because there are other people, as much as you feel like you're going through it right now, let's think about the, um, the farmers protests in India, right? Everywhere in different parts of the world, people are, are speaking out and they need to have their time. You know, there are so many things, there are so many people that have not spoken out, um, against their injustices. And, you know, we're here with like, um, quote unquote, first world, problems going, oh, I just want to go outside. When will I be able to, A, again, when will I be able to do this? When will I be able to dress up and go out again? Meanwhile, you need to understand that this energy needs to move through every crevice of our society. And, you know, if you want things to move quicker, what you could be doing is amplifying the voices of those who are speaking out about their injustices, because the sooner that we find um, some reconciliation for these things, the sooner we'll find that the energy sorts of lessens and, and, um, dissipates. But, you know, again, that's wishful thinking because we've got years of this. I'm not saying that you've got years of being inside because some of you really wanted to fight me last week. I'm just saying that we've got years, uh, a few more years, maybe three more years of this unstable energy because you should want for people who ha are being, um, actively silenced to be able to speak out and to have better lives for themselves. It can't always just be about you. And this is why we see the nine of pentacles in reverse, because it's really kind of, because we had the eight of pentacles in reverse, and we've got the nine of pentacles in reverse. So it's kind of following after um, each other. But I feel like that is just saying to us that, again, to be mindful of where we are investing our time, where we are investing our energy and Yes, we want to think long term, but understand that there are shocks to our energy. There are still shocks and things to be revealed to us. But, you know, especially this year, especially this year. And I feel like regarding specific, like if I'm speaking to the UK regarding like um, the prime minister, some real wild stuff, I feel like is going to come out about that. And then people can't sit down anymore. Whether you swear that swear up and down that you're a racist or not, you're going to have to get up and you're going to have to march for something that you didn't realize that you would end up marching for because you realize that this government is taking you for an absolute mug, for an absolute prick. And it'll just, to me, it'll just become um, too much. So we, we have to kind of um, hold that in mind that we just have to tend to what we have at the moment. Um, 
and not make anything like majorly like extravagant purchases um just for a while because we we still need to see how all of this is going to go down you know tend to what you have if you are ready and you have been planning and you want to do your bits do your bits but for instance look at the whole cladding situation um with these um new builds right so many um new uh first-time buyers or whatever who went and bought their apartments and they're in apartments that have cladding due to what we've seen the injustice um of grenfell and those who died in the, um the grenfell fire um these crooks that are the de the developers and the council and the local authorities they've realized now that they can't be using this particular cladding but meanwhile they are pushing the onus of um getting the cladding taken down rare 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 they're pushing that on to the people who have bought these properties who are living in these apartments and the money that they're asking from them is absolutely wild absolutely fucked right and then they can't actually sell these properties they can't sell their apartments because nobody wants to buy apartment uh, an apartment that's got that sort of cladding or that it's got that kind of cheap insulation because it's not j about the cladding per se it's about the insulation behind it they didn't want to invest and use like rock wall or whatever that would um that's more expensive they wanted to use cheap shit and to let people suffer and they're now like oh well if you want us to fix it it's gonna have to come out of your pocket so I'm giving that example to kind of be like, yes, you want certain things, but just be aware. And if you are going to go ahead and get certain things, really, really, really do your research because a lot of people are moving sneaky and they're trying to offload um, their responsibilities onto, um, you know, unknowing people um, who will then be left with like picking up the pieces thereafter. Um, so it feels like the general message, the general message is a lot of chaos, but the reason that the chaos is there is so, so much more can be unveiled to us, but do not feel powerless. Do not feel like the magician in reverse. Do not feel like the work that you have done has been in vain. Eight of uh, pentacles in reverse. Like, do not feel that any of this is in vain. Just need to understand that this is making you a stronger person for the life that you are um, entering into. That's going to be revealed to you. And then... I've got here the hermit in reverse. So I, um, I'm reading this as the hermit in reverse. This is a Virgo card. Yeah, I'm really, I keep saying it. I feel like around, uh, you know, when we're moving past, in my opinion, like June times, but, you know, more so like, I feel like September times, is when you'll find that you are able to go out a little bit more freely, yeah? Um, you're able to come out and go out a little bit more freely. So this, I'm looking at this card. Yeah, I'm thinking, like, I'm not saying that you're going to be inside the entire time between now and then per se, but I'm just saying that you'll just feel like things ease off a little bit. But that doesn't mean that the work is done. That doesn't mean that um, the panoramic has disappeared or anything. But I imagine because more people will be vaccinated, by then it will just allow for people to be able to move um, around um, a bit more um and then the card that we've got here uh, from the spiritual seasoning for the soul oracle deck is will the worrying you're doing right now change a single thing about yesterday or tomorrow and i feel like that sums it up exactly what i'm saying like the, you're looking at the chaos and you're like this is fucking mad like this is so wild right now like i my anxiety's through the roof I feel depressed, like I don't know what to make of any of this. 
you have to remember that you don't need to worry so much. Like, obviously, be smart and don't be a fucking cunt. Like, make sure that you're doing all the things to keep yourself and other people safe. Like, still take the measures that you need to take. But understand that you don't need to worry like that because you are divinely held. And no matter how tempestuous or tumultuous things might feel right now, um, and I know that some of you, for instance, are even going through it in terms of your relationships, like, you know, you've got divorces, you've got breakups, you've got so many things happening. You're, some of you are leaving jobs, some of you are finding out that jobs can't keep you on furlough, or you, so much is happening right now, and you would not be blamed for thinking, what the fuck is going on? Like, I have no control of any of this, it's making me so anxious. I feel so down. Like I thought I had everything on lock. I thought I had the perfect relationship. I thought I had the perfect job. You know, I thought I had the perfect career. I thought that everything was set good. And then all of this has happened. Have I lied to myself? Are people laughing at me? Rare, rare, rare. First of all, don't give a shit about what other people think because they can't see the divine work that's being done on your life yet. So they can go fuck themselves first. And then secondly, like just surrender surrender to what's happening because when you ease up a bit when you aren't your eyes aren't so filled with tears you'll be able to actually see that there are things that are being put in your way opportunities that you wouldn't otherwise ha have if all of this hadn't happened the way that it happened and so i'm not saying that it's not shit i'm saying that it feels shit yes but it's a process and i feel like it it's, it feels like a recurring message because everyone's going through it at different times and maybe there's something else that jumps out for you this week that maybe didn't jump out for you last week. But for the Oracle deck, um, it says here, worry presents itself when you believe in that a circumstance exists that is more powerful than your divinity. You desire to run off in your mind to a past event that you wish you could have done differently or you run to the future that you hope holds a version of yourself that you aren't ashamed of. Worrying won't change the past or prevent whatever might happen in the future. Be at peace with now. Honestly, it sounds really, really woo-woo, but at the end of the day, I wrote it in it. Um, but it's it's really about now. Like the only thing you have is right now as you're listening to this podcast. You have this moment and then the next moment, and then the, you know, you, you only have the moments that you call now. Everything else is literally out of your control. So you can only do the most with what you have now. So what is the best decision, apart from listening to this bomb ass podcast, what is the best decision that you can make for yourself in this moment right now? What is the best decision? And if you know what the best decision is, and then you have a bit of fear about, oh, but can I do that? What does that mean for this? And what does that mean for that? That that fear, that is what you need to deal with. That sense of shame, if you were to go away from what other people expect of you or whatever the fuck, like whatever you're feeling right now, that is what you need to address. But if you're feeling joy, like what can I do right now? You know, what's the best possible decision I can make right now? And then the decision comes in your head and you feel joy, run towards your joy, fam run towards your fucking joy because you can see everywhere else where you're being denied that joy run towards your joy and live your best life within the you know the parameters of what we currently have around us like live your best life that's all you can do you cannot come and kill yourself in this fucking england or wherever you are in the world you cannot come and kill yourself because of some incompetent useless i don't even call them incompetent very vicious very callous governments you got to deal with you, boo. And I've wheeled up, because I've been using this uh, uh, deck 
for my one-to-one readings which have sold out big up all of yourselves I'm going to release more dates soon if I find that I've got random availability I'll just pop it on you know socials whenever I come back I'll pop it on socials but more time I'm going to pop it on Patreon so my patrons know and they they can jump in and book the one-to-one tarot readings but I've been loving those zoom tarot readings um I just find them so enriching and the fact that I've spaced them out as well as well means it's not so draining on me energetically so I've been using the Zenju Earthling Manuel uh, Black Angel card deck I've brought them back up so if you're a long-time listener you know that I was using these decks at the very beginning of the podcast so I brought them back you know to spice things up a bit spice up your life so we've got here the braider is the card that comes out it says here on the waking path you are connected interrelated and intimate on the sleeping path you're separate lonely and isolated it says here on the waking path you bring together those who have felt apart separated alienated from all others you reunite family, friends, and community. You are surrounded by people because of the light you bring to our being related to one to our being related to one another. You can help ease the feeling of being left out of community. Your attention to continuity and linkage keeps you in the making of kinship and community. Your ability to develop connections between people is crucial in the passing on of collective gifts heritage and wisdom to future generations you find yourself connected to all that is around you as a result you strive for connection and intimacy or to be close to others it is important for you to have ties with people and projects before um, and projects before you feel that life is satisfying this need makes you constantly in search of relationships yet braiders sometimes find themselves feeling alone in the world when they are on the sleeping path this aloneness can cause great pain the desire for companionship is so strong that your soul cries out to be loved and attended to. The danger of such a desire is that you may unconsciously choose relationships or connections that are shallow or empty. This only increases the loneliness you already feel. Selecting this card could be a signal to look at how you create your own isolation. Are your friendships heartfelt? Do you feel you are worthy of being in a relationship? What is your capacity to be intimate, open-hearted with others? When you, um, when do you tune up and when do you shut down? Your soul revival is best served by allowing yourself to be close to your heart and to trust yourself. Many of us feel genuinely um, that we are not lovable. So we work and work and work at bringing this intimacy in from the outside. If you are working hard at intimacy in relationships while feeling alone, then you are manufacturing a false intimacy, a kind of closeness that depends on how hard you work to be kind or on others' approval of you. Intimacy should not be hard work, but rather an experience of knowing who you are and seeing yourself as an expression of love. Often in your desire for closeness, you are trying to fill an empty place in your heart. Filling that space with someone or something other than yourself leads to continued disappointments in your work of weaving souls. When you feel alone and separate from the world, it may be time to reflect on what expectations you have of people. You may want to consider laying aside your long list of needs and replace it with what you can provide for yourself and what you bring to a relationship. The depth of intimacy in your life depends completely on having a deep knowing of who you are and not who you have become. Um, reveal yourself to yourself. 
And I think that that's a word. During this time of feeling powerless, it's like, well, like I said, where have I given my power away? Where can I get my power back? Because you can take your power back in any Ross Clark moment. Nobody has an entitlement to your power. And, you know, there might have been some of you who were wayward and went and voted Tory, and now you regret it, but this is your time to take your power back. And also some of you who are Tory MPs and are black women, you've now seen what can happen when you specifically go to go and move mad to other black women. I'm not even going to get into it because it's not like those people haven't moved mad towards me. Um, but you um, go to go and look for trouble with other black women and then you see that the institution that you are doing ride or die for with your straggly braids, you see that that same institution now has left you out in the cold. And that's showing you that eventually you must come back to yourself and you must tell yourself the rascal truth, that these institutions will not ever, they will never accept you and they will only have you there to be an oppressive force to other people, specifically other black women. But when you have been used up and dried up, they will cast you aside. And that's where you found yourself, straggly braids. That is where you have found yourself, okay? So this is the time for you to reveal yourself to yourself and stop tap dancing for white supremacists and, um, yeah, get those braids redone and, um, spice up your life. Yeah. Fix up your fucking life. Don't know why I needed to put that in there, but you know, when spirit moves, spirit moves in it. Anyway, that is the tarot for this week. I pray that it resonates uh, with you. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess the message does, I'm doing Sadiq's bit here, but the message does resonate with me personally in terms of being the braider. And I've talked often about how alone I feel in Britain specifically, because I feel like it's one thing for the white general public to move mad towards you as a black woman, but it's quite another thing when you see other black people salivating when there is a prospect of your downfall and what that means for them. Um, and almost seeing that the things that happen to you to be discussed as sport. Um, I just find it rather interesting. And that was partly a part of the reason why I just felt like, you know what, I need a break because I'm always doing bits and I'm always doing bobs. But there comes a time when I just need to put myself first and just step back from the ting. Obviously, people don't know boundaries and will still try to DM me or um, try to email me. Like, oh, have you seen this? Are you going to say something about this? which we'll get to when we get to straw of the week. But um, yeah, that aloneness, I don't, I don't plan on being asleep. You know, I don't plan on staying on the sleeping path. I know that I thrive off the relationships I make with people. And this is the whole reason I created this podcast to reveal myself to myself. I've always said that this podcast is a love letter to me. You know, I'm glad that, you know, thousands and thousands of people listen every week, but ultimately this podcast is for me. I am like after I record it and Brent does his, you know, magic and uploads it and does, does all of that for me to save me time. I'm pretty much one of the first listeners to the podcast every Monday. Like I listen to my own fucking podcast and I laugh my head off at the bits that are funny. And I really feel deeply the bits that aren't so funny, but it matters to me. It's like, literally that's why it's um, ca um, categorized as personal journals because I'm just sharing what I'm learning about myself and about the world um, as we move along. And I, I'm so thankful that it resonates with so many other people. But even if only five people listen to this, I would still make it because the number one listener, the number one fan of this podcast is Kelechi Oluwafumila Yorkafo, yeah? It's me. It's for me. So you're all welcome to have a bit, but it will always be for me, okay? Um... So yeah, so that's that anyway. So I'm just gonna 
pop off, uh, pop off, and um, big up this week's show sponsor who uh, are ExpressVPN, the babes at ExpressVPN. They fucking love, love this podcast and I love them for loving this podcast. So be right back. It seems like ExpressVPN are basically on crud this week because they said, you know what's not fair? The fact that Netflix hides thousands of shows from you based on your location. And then they have the nerve, the audacity, the gall, the temerity to increase their prices on you. That's right. Starting at the end of this month, they're raising prices once again. Now you could just cancel your subscription in protest or it's unlikely that you're going to cancel. And some of you, your exes are still using your Netflix account. So it's unlikely that you're going to cancel because you need that bit of connection. (laughs) Anyway, or you could just be smart about it and make sure you're getting your full money's worth by using ExpressVPN like I do. Honestly, I'm enjoying HBO shows. I'm enjoying all the shows. Even the fact that I think Superstore is not available. The new season properly isn't even available on the Amazon Prime, for instance, on um, the in, on the UK Amazon Prime. But if you have ExpressVPN, you can watch Superstore through that way. So I'm still living my best life. I'm just living my best life. Yeah. So, um, so you might not know that, um, the Netflix in your country is completely different to what someone else is seeing um, in Japan, for instance, or in America, but it is. So using the ExpressVPN, I can control which country I want Netflix to think I'm in. ExpressVPN has over 90 countries to choose from. So every time I run out of stuff to watch, I just switch to another country to unlock new shows. Right now, well, right now I'm watching, I'm trying to watch Malcolm and Marie, which is available, but you can, like I said, Superstore, bangs, I can watch it whenever I want. Um, and it's on US Amazon Prime and with one tap, I can just watch it and, you know, can, can, can continue enjoying. I can continue enjoying. And that's, just amazing to me. I I just think about it now and I'm just like, you know what, that's just fucking fantastic. So, you know, I'm giving you an example of Amazon Prime, Netflix, but you can use it to unlock shows with other streaming services as well. You can use it on BBC iPlayer. Um, and yeah, you could just do whatever you want. So like I keep saying, there are some of you who want to watch shows that are happening in England, which I think will truly, truly help your knowledge of what's happening in other countries other than yours. You could just download the BBC iPlayer app and get ExpressVPN as well. And you could just be watching what we're watching over here. Um, so yeah, ExpressVPN, it's also super fast and works on your phone, laptop, and even your smart TV. So you can watch your shows on the big screen with zero buffering. So be smart, act like somebody that has sense, stop paying full price for streaming services, uh, only to get like minimal shows that you can see, get all of their content, get your money's worth at expressvpn.com slash straws. Don't forget to use the link so you can get extra three months for free. That's expressvpn.com slash straws. That's expressvpn.com slash straws. Go and get your life. Yep. All right, cool. Let's get on with share your magnificence. So my first Share Your Magnificence this week goes out to an absolute baby boy. Um, His name's Jeffrey, Jeffrey Boadi, and um, he's vegan. He's very, like, he's he's diet's plant-based, and he's got a really great um, Instagram page that you can check out. Why am I talking about Jeffrey? Because 
I just stand, you know, I was actually first introduced to him by Jason because there was a podcast episode where I talked about wanting to, you know, I want to diversify my diet. I want to diversify my palette. And Jason said, well, why don't you follow this guy? Why don't you follow Jeffrey? And I always love Jason's suggestions because Jason is somebody that has sense and he's a proper, proper baby boy. Um, so I was like, okay, I'm going to follow Jeffrey. And, um, he's, um, at is Jeffrey. That's J-E-F-F-R-E-Y-B-O-A-D-I. He's got such glowing skin. Just looks like a happy guy. Just looks like a happy guy with a beautiful, absolutely gorgeous fiance. I love looking at images of both of them. Just dark skinned, radiant goodness. You know, they just look wholesome. I love it for them. I love it for the both of them. But the focus is on Jeffrey right now, right? So Jeffrey has an ebook out. It's a recipe ebook that's called Eat More Plants, a week of flavorful plant-based recipes. Um, you can get it on the wealthofhealth.co.uk forward slash eat more plants. I'm not being paid to say this at all. I already did the ad that I'm paid for. I'm not being paid to say this. I just genuinely, like, from the bottom of my heart, I feel like the guy's sick. I feel like he's sick. I think he's a sick guy, you know? And I don't know him. I haven't had, like, lots of conversations with him. But, you know, when someone just radiates good vibes, and I like to think that the good vibes, just from the fact that he's just a nice person, but I feel like the good vibes are also because of that like, he eats lots of plants. So I've checked out some of the recipes and I like them. You know, I like the fact that I'm being given a vegan recipe or plant-based recipe um, ebook by a black man and he's incorporated seasoning. I've got that Afro-vegan um, cookbook as well. I bought that um, book. So I've got that as well. But my point is, I, at first when I looked at it, I was just like, yo, let there be seasoning in this because if I don't see seasoning, I'm not reading it. And of course there was seasoning. So there were just like, there's just fantastic recipes in there. So I just feel like when we exist in a culture, in a culture that kind of praises men and tells men that their masculinity is linked to how much meat they eat, ooh, 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 eat meat. It's wonderful to see um, a black man living, embracing his masculinity living his best life and showing us some brilliant plant-based um, recipes and things to try. So yeah, you know, when I'm out here being like a, the plant-based goddess, you know, maybe two years from now, because you've got to give me time, I have to go to Nigeria and bang out a couple of suya and, you know, a couple of asun before I settle into you know, and I need to eat like Ogbono that's like my mum's Ogbono soup is sick, but I need to eat Ogbono that's been made like by through and through Ibo auntie. Like I need to chop well. I need to do like a tour of all of my favorite foods. Then I'll be ready to like settle down. Meet me at the altar, but don't bring meat. Woo. Yeah. Anyway. So what I'm saying is that Let's support Jeffrey, a baby boy, good vibes, baby boy. Um, get this e um this ebook. It's £8.99. £8.99. I was gonna say eight nine eight pounds ninety-nine cents. You can see how America is fucking with me. Eight pounds ninety-nine pence. Yeah. So go onto the site um and and show him love. I'll put the link, I'll also try and put the link in the captions as well. But basically, Jeffrey. Two slaps on your chest for being a baby boy that's just charting his own course, doing his thing, living his best life. I saw one image that or, or video that you jumped in the sea on, with nothing. You just jumped in the sea. Um, 
I just, I, I just pray I'm like you one day, I guess. I just want to be like you when I grow up. So, um, yeah, that's my first Share Your Magnificence. Big up yourself, Jeffrey. And also big up yourself, Jason, for introducing me and making a, you know, a suggestion that makes sense. Some of you sent me some suggestions and I'm not knocking it, but if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you would know there's some pages that I would never take recipe suggestions from. Um, I don't know why my phone just randomly wrote BJJ. It must be missing it as well. And so on the subject of food, so that's, that's you know, plant-based food. I've also got to big up um, chis- Chisuru. Um, my God. So this is my second time of ordering from the restaurant through Dish Patch. And I'm not just saying that because I've got braces in. It's literally called Dish, as in D-I-S-H, and then Patch, P-A-T-C-H. Um, you can order food from Chisuru through them. And it's a it's a, a restaurant that's like African inspired food. Well, to me, I would say Nigerian inspired food. Um, but you know, all all done up, all fancy in that. Done up, all fancy in that, and it tastes fucking gorgeous. Um, and it's led by the chef, a Nigerian chef called Joke, and she's wonderful. She's wonderful. I don't know how she gets those flavor uh, those flavors so spot on, but um, Ade Joke Bakare two slaps on your chest, you're an absolute rascal G, yeah, I had the, um, I ordered the home meal box, and I got the Asun, the pork Asun box, the jollof rice that was in that, an absolute madness, it was a madness, with the pepper sauce, and the cassava fritters, with the coconut sauce, and then the pear, to finish with the dessert, these are all things that I'm paying my money to buy, you know, and I'm, and this is the second time that I've ordered to have a box delivered, and it's just delivered in such a very, very nice, safe, beautiful way, like all your food, and everything's labelled and numbered, I'm sure I've mentioned this on the show before, but everything's labelled and numbered, so it's very easy, and it comes with, um, you know, um, guide, you, it comes with a guide to, to tell you how to heat everything up, and how long to do it for, and stuff, I did one, I got one from Hawksmoor, which was all right, but, you know, it was really nice, actually, but um, Chisuru is absolutely, Chisuru is, uh, I had to make sure I'm saying that right with my braces, Chisuru is absolutely my favourite, my absolute favourite, so I'm looking forward to what we get offered next, because um, I'm going to order it, I know that I'm going to order, um, I know I'm going to order it, um, yeah, so check it out. You can um, either go to the site chishuru.co.uk or go to dishpatch.co.uk and, and you'll see that Jokke's uh, food is there. And you can see other food as well. So if you're plant-based, you can see some other food on Dishpatch as well. People should really be paying me for these ads, um, you know, for, for, for bigging them up in this way. But I'm doing it from the bottom of my heart because if I eat good food, I need you all to know about it. I need you all to live the life that I'm living, like live the life that I'm living. Oh, you know, like, um, no, I was going to make a comparison and, and I don't know. I feel like God just put, put their hand over my mouth, but I'm going to say it anyway, cause you can't stop me, God. I was going to say like having braces in, having these Invisalign braces in and trying to do this whole podcast makes my mouth so tired. And I, it wasn't even ever tired like this. It's not tired like this when, you know, no, no, God told me to stop anyway, anyway. Anyway, anywhere, anyways. All right, last share your magnificence, right? Goes out to um, a performance that's highlighting domestic abuse and coercive control. So trigger warning, I'm discussing domestic violence and coercive control. So 
Um, this is from Annie says here, I wanted to share the magnificence of the team behind All In Your Head, a one woman performance based on real accounts of women who've experienced domestic violence and coercive control. And it will be live streamed on Sunday, 14th of February. That's Valentine's Day. <laughs> Valentine. Come on, Valentine. But that's not the point here. That's not what we're saying here. Anyway, it's going to be live streamed on Sunday, 14th of February at 7 p.m. The show is a pay what you can event with tickets starting at zero pounds, literally zero, free. Um, to be truly accessible to all who need it. All in Your Head has been created and directed by Lucy Deer and Safa Benson Effiom. Um, um, Safa, uh, Safa Benson Effiom's script will be brought to life by the wonderful Naomi Sparrow. Anna Reed is the designer. Helena Almeida is the sound uh, designer. And well, uh, well-being practitioner Lou Platt from I May Destroy You is supporting the production too. The show is being pr uh, produced by Cheryl Ndion, um, CEO and founder of the Purple Moon Drama, the theatre company who brought Gail Egbeson's Joloff Wars to life last year. I'm very pleased to, sh um, to know that Cheryl, um, uh, I'm very pleased to know Cheryl and she has brought, um, well, she's brought on um, Annie to come and do, you know, help with all of this stuff. So as the government takes field trips to Tesco to see the price of half a carrot instead of dealing with the pandemic, what's been described as the shadow pandemic is posing another serious danger to baby girls and non-binaries across the UK. As well as being trapped at home with abusers, the pandemic is being weaponized by abusers refusing to take preventative measures and using COVID-19 a threat, um, basically practicing the government's biological warfare inside their homes. The statistics of domestic abuse have been shocking throughout the pandemic, with support services like Supreme Baby Girl Natasha Benjamin's Free Your Mind receiving 900% increases in referrals. In just the first two weeks of lockdown, March 10th, women and two children, I'm sorry, in, in the first two weeks of March, 10 women and two children were killed by men, three times higher than the average uh, three women killed every two weeks. We also know that people who Preeti Patel wants to deport are less likely to report their abusers and struggle to reach culturally competent support. My heart is with these people and their children. And I firmly hope that these abusers get trapped in a weather spoons with Jeremy Kyle for the rest of their tragic and disgusting lives. Amen. The statistics are difficult to comprehend, but each statistic represents the real story and experience of somebody who needs help and support. All in Your Head has been designed to tell these stories in a way that is educational, offers healing and answers the why don't they just leave question in a considered and authoritative way. This, Panam uh, this Panama Canal has been alarmingly full of people who can't swim designing life vests. That's basically, this pandemic has been full of people who um, can't swim but they're designing life um they're designing life vests they're not the ones that are being disproportionately affected by this pandemic but they're the ones that are coming up with all of the things to quote unquote solve it when they're solving fuck all but giving them money to their brethren i'm just adding to what annie is saying here anyway um when it comes to social issues, people with authority should be listened to, not people reading out their browser history of conspiracy theories on Clubhouse. Whoo, drag them. Following the performance will be a panel discussion with survivors and sector voices to make sure the audience continues to think about the crucial message. The panel will be very insightful with no space for statements and lamentations. That is my favourite type of panel. Um, so basically, um, I plan to... Uh, be in attendance to watch this uh watch this live stream show so um 
I hope that you can all join us to watch the show. I would have loved to get Cheryl on the show, but my um, my timetable's been an ab absolute madness. But um, yeah, I I want you all to, if you can, please go and watch um, All In Your Head, a live theatrical online experience, Sunday 14th of February at 7pm. That's 7pm London time, yeah? Um, so if you can, please, please go and watch. Remember, it's pay what you can. So no one is even asking you to come out of pocket like that. But go and support the ting. So what I can do is... Um, I'll add a link. I, I should have a link here. So um, I'll add a link so you can all check check it out. But you can find the... Um, them on cptheatre.co.uk that's cp charlie papa theatre.co.uk cptheatre.co.uk so you can go and check that out so two slaps on all of your chests man for creating something that we definitely definitely need during these times because there are so many issues that are an offshoot of this pandemic that we need to discuss so two slaps on all of your chests for being magnificent and creating from um, as, you know, from this tragic time. Thank you. So that's that for Share Your Magnificence. Let's get into So You Mad. So, right, my first, my first So You Mad this week has to be um, finding out that Jeff Bezos is um, stepping down as CEO of Amazon and instead he'll be executive chair. That, to me, it's just like, oh, I'm stepping down from being the boss to being the boss. Like, okay, Sure, girl. Yes, he's put somebody else in a CEO role, but, you know, they'll still have to answer to him, basically. Um, and he talks about wanting to focus on philanthropy during this time. Um, but I just think that you have a fucking cheek, you know, Jeff. You have a cheek. You and that bald head of yours. Somebody needs to conk it. They need to conk it on the top of that head of yours because you're a liar and you're a vagabond. Why? Because... You want to focus on philanthropy, fucking braces. You want to focus on philanthropy, right? Well, how about, this is just a wild idea. You, I'm known for some, sometimes for coming up with wild ideas. How about paying your staff money that they can actually live on? Even not just live on, because I hate this idea of even live on, living wage. Can you pay your staff money that they can thrive on? Because I read somewhere that every 11 seconds, you, Jeff, make the annual salary of your lowest paid employee every 11 seconds. It would do absolutely nothing to you to pay your workers, pay your people fairly. The ones who are running up and down like headless chickens to deliver all of these packages that people are ordering um, to make, so, so they can feel something during this panoramic, you know, they are ordering, ordering, ordering. And it's these people who are running up and down to deliver these things while you get the benefits of that. Shouldn't they be paid well? The people who are in the warehouse, who are getting all of these things in, who are doing all of the logistics, who are, who are making sure that all of this shit can run, they're being paid peanuts. Why? Why? How is that fair? But you want to talk about, you want to go, go, go into philanthropy. Start the, charity begins at home. Charity begins in your workplace. Like do well, do right by the people who actually fucking work for you before you go and concern yourself with everything else that's happening out there. Do right by them. And don't think for one second that you pulled the wall over this baby girl's eyes, okay? Because when white people start talking about philanthropy, they're talking about neo-colonialism through biotech. And you can't tell me any different. Same with man like B Bill Gates and his wife. Oh, everyone's so concerned 
concerned about biotech, so concerned about, oh, we want to eradicate malaria, we want to do this, we want to do that. We don't talk about the people uh, that, you, um, the, that, that you're testing this shit on who are on the continent of Africa and how they are disproportionately affected by all of your experiments. And the, at the end of the day, are you going to give them all of this shit for free after you've worked out, you know, there's a cure for this and there's a cure for that, even though we know, and I, I remember running a story on it before and talking about it on the show, that there are indigenous people who have come up with, um, you know, ways to deal with malaria and these... Um, uh, these, uh, what are they called? Pharmaceutical companies have come in and learnt the re recipes from them and then banned them from being able to use their own recipes. That is colonialism. That is white supremacy. That is violence, right? So this, these are the things that are playing out, but you've got your agents who are doing this for you so you can keep your hands quote unquote clean, right? And so this is where, um, uh, man, uh, this 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 uh, man like Jeff. This is where he's headed. See, we had once brilliant Jeff in Share Your Magnificence. Now we've got this wayward Jeff in So You Mad, right? And if you go and look up the companies that Jeff Bezos has, um, or Bezos or whatever they call him, has um, started or he's a part of, there's one that's doing research into how people can prolong life or something like that. It sounds innocent to you, but I know that that is not the case. When you have that much money, you become preoccupied with wanting to live forever. And I want to live forever, forever, forever young. I want to be forever young. Woo! Who, you shouldn't want to live forever. Not in, not in the physical body anyway. You shouldn't want that. Because all that means is tyranny and dictatorship. That's all that means. But they're doing research into this because it's a classist thing. It's a classist endeavor. It's not that they're doing these kind of research to um, prolong life and they're going to go and help, you know, the mortality rates, for instance, on the continent of Africa. That's actually caused by the way that they are taking resources from Africa and, um, you know, giving these um, countries imaginary debt within Africa, thus leading to the the vast kind of um, chasm of, of poverty between the poverty, the people who are poor and the people who are very, very rich, right? Like they're, they're happy for that to exist. You're not going to go and give it to the people who are poor there so they can live longer and maybe work their way out of poverty, even though we know that they can live forever and not work their way out of poverty because of the way that white supremacy has been set up. But um, whatever. We know that you're not going to go and give the, the, these solutions to them. These solutions are for you and how you can elongate your life so you can live for longer to spend all the money that you could never even spend in 25 lifetimes. So... I just don't trust it. And I'm very, very, very wary of the fact that all of these white men are suddenly so focused on biotech. Same with that one that looks like an android. Um, what's his name? Um, um, Mark Zuckerberger. You won't get that if you don't listen to the read. Um, so you've got Mark Zuckerberg. You've got Jeff. You've got Bill Gates. Um, um, I think Warren Buffett, you can even dash him in there as well. But all of these lot are so, so concerned. Elon Musk, don't forget him as well. 
so concerned about all the environment and overpopulation and biotech this and biotech that. All of them are buzzwords. Whenever these motherfuckers are talking about overpopulation, they are never talking about the countries that they are living in where there are um, lots of white people. They have a preoccupation with Africa and, oh, we need to go and deal with overpopulation there. Like, be aware. That's all I'm saying. Just be aware because me, I can see through the shit. I can see through it and I'm not, I'm not having it. I'm not for it. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to share that basically that I saw that. And uh, while other people were having conversations about um, Jeff stepping down as CEO, I, my eyes were firmly focused elsewhere on what he could be, what the, what his other focus is going to be henceforth. Um, but yeah, whatevs. So anyway, I saw that, you know, you know, unfortunately, Captain Sir Tom Moore, who raised so much money for the NHS, he passed away last week. And um, it's just really, really sad. You know, it's really, really sad to um, to hear. But, you know, he lived for a long time. And I just think that, you know, wonderful, wonderful scenes. However, I have a problem with the way that everything has played out based on this why did such an old man why did such an old man need to walk up and down up and down up and down to raise money for the nhs that could easily be funded by the government this is what the tarot is saying we are being um lulled into a false sense of security with this government and we're made to cheer each other on for fuck shit that we should not be involved in in the first place why should an old man be walking up and down to raise money for the government and then he ended up raising millions millions that could easily have been given by the government to the nhs in the first place but because boris is an absolute cunt a prick a fucking idiot this is what's been allowed to happen i am disgusted and then we then hear that um, you know, the prime minister is going to lead a national clap for Captain Sir Tom Moore and health workers. And so he stood outside and he was clapping like a sea lion, like a scruffy sea lion, him and his wife. They're going. <coughs> That's the sound that they were making. Bang, 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 bang. Same sound that they probably make in bed. Oh, gosh, hate to think about it. Anyway. All this clap, 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 clap. But you, well, you're the same one that when, um, um, when this guy died, George Floyd, when he died, you were the one that said, "Oh, I will not be bullied into acting contrary to." Um, well, no, he said, um, people and people should not be bullied into acting contrary to their wishes. That he was refusing to take a knee because he doesn't believe in gestures, and this is why you are a prick and you're an absolute demon you're a horrible horrible man all that scruffy hair scruffy tie business is not fooling me you are the antichrist right because what the hell you don't believe in gestures you don't believe in taking the knee and you know what that's fine because you were just like no no no, guys i'm just a racist i don't want to be taking a knee because i don't care that a black man is dead I'm, i've got to let you know i don't care right cool but suddenly you believe in gestures when it's to clap 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 for a man who walked up and down up and down up and down to raise money for the nhs money that you could have easily given to the nhs but you are so preoccupied with wanting to privatize the nhs and the healthcare services in this country 
that you would have us as the public just, you know, praise each other for things that we shouldn't even be doing in the first place. So it takes the focus off you the same way that Marcus Rashford is the one that's having to um, petition and get all of this stuff underway for feeding children during a pandemic. He's had to get you to do that. So it's just, it's just absolutely wild to me. You want to stand outside um, number 10 and clap for healthcare workers and ca um, Captain Sir Tom Moore. You want to clap for them, but Captain Sir Tom Moore would not have had to do that if you just did what you needed to do. Healthcare workers should not, are not going to be paid in claps. And I love that tweet by Stefan where he said, you know, soon we won't be having the GBP, the Great British Pound. We'll be, how we'll be trading is through the great, uh, GBC, no, GPC, the GBC, the Great British Clap. Look at me just fucking that up all over the place. But that point still stands. Are the healthcare workers going to eat claps? Are they going to pay for their mortgages for their rent with claps? What are they going to do with the fucking claps? They asked you for PPE, you gave them claps. They asked you for a raise in their wages, you gave them claps. They asked you for people to not be deported who work within the healthcare sectors, you gave them claps. But you know who you didn't give claps to? All of your friends that you gave millions of hard cash, hard money, money. And this is why Elsa Majimbo, she said, don't send me thoughts and wishes. Send money, send money. That's what they want from you. Send money, but you're sending claps because another way, this is another way that this vicious government wants to detract and distract from the sheer horrible mishandling of this pandemic and just generally the, how this country has been handled for years that they want to distract you from it and they want to detract from the severity of it by telling you that oh no 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 everything can be solved with a clap you know what can be solved with a clap somebody taking both of their hands and clapping around your head clapping continuously around your face that's what someone should do you fucking prick um but yeah, I just, I just hated it. And then there's talks about, oh, there should be a statue and there should be this and should be that. You guys are focusing on the wrong blood clot thing. We shouldn't be talking about statues. We should be talking about how we got here in the first place and why we should not be replicating this same dynamic going forward. It should not be everyday people who are the most affected by the mishandling of the pandemic who have to now start walking up and down, up and down to raise money for said pandemic. I hate it here. Please note that I hate it here. Thanks so much. Anyway, last one for So You Mad, Emma Barnett. Are we talking about her again? Oh, woman's hour. Are we talking about them again? Oh, I guess we are. But this time it's not about me or is it? I just find it interesting that Women's Hour invited uh, Zara Mohammed, um, who is the Secretary General of the Muslim Council of Britain, and she's also um, a human rights lawyer. They invited her on to talk about, you know, becoming the first general, um, you know, Secretary General of the British, um, the Muslim Council of, um, of Britain. They invited her on to talk about this only for Emma to um, basically ambush her and start asking her, but how many um, female imams are there in the UK? How many female imams are there? Because, you know, now we've got, you know, um, you know, uh, women who are um, allowed to be, I think she said priests, but what about Catholic priests? We don't have female Catholic priests. So you're trying it, you're, you're trying it and you're being disingenuous. And, you know, we've got female rabbis, you know, um, most recently. And so why, how many female imams do we have? And it's just her lack of understanding of Islam that to me is very, very shocking. And the fact that, 
put all of that to the side. That's not why this woman came onto your show. And she's been graceful and she's kind of been like, mm, I don't know the number, even though we know, I, 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 I don't think that there are, but I, I could be wrong. But um, the fact is, whatever it is, we know that that is not to be the case. So you're trying to lead her down the line of questioning that would be detrimental and would take away from what she came onto the show to talk about in the first place. At this point, I feel like any publisher or any publicist who's sending women of color to woman's hour you are you mean them harm you mean them harm willfully because by now you can see the pattern that's forming i was disrespected this woman has gone on zara muhammad has gone on she's been disrespected now the thing is people can be like oh but within islam there is misogyny there is this there is that okay within islam there is misogyny Come and show me all the other denominations um, or all the other um, religious um, uh, um, communities. There isn't, uh, you don't have um, misogyny there. It isn't there. You're liars. You are absolute liars. And this is the preoccupation. I've used that word so many times already. The preoccupation that white feminists, quote unquote, have, or just white women generally, the focus that they have on uh, Muslim women and wanting to save them and wanting them to see their own oppression. Fam, have you seen your own fucking oppression? Focus on you and leave Muslim women to focus on themselves because they've been minding their business. And actually, if you were to do more research into the structures within, for instance, Muslim marriages, you'd see that there are some things that you, even you don't have upon all of your freedoms, upon all of your feminism. There are some things that even you don't have, but you don't know that because you're too blinded by your xenophobia and your islamophobia yeah so i just thought that it was absolutely disgusting the way that she was treated and i feel like two things can be true at the same time we can definitely have discussions about um and i don't think we should be leading it but we could definitely listen to discussions happening about um um women within islam yes cool but at the same time we can also say that's not why this woman came onto your show so what the fuck are you doing I'm not going to keep stressing to you how violent that show's become more recently um, than the, in the past few years. I'm going to leave it to everybody else to see because when it was, oh, what happened to me? Everyone's like, oh, well, you know, but it's collection, but it's this. Sometimes you might not like the messenger, but it doesn't change the truth of the message, okay? So I said what I said and I'm basically disgusted by the way that Zara Muhammad was treated on that show so that's that anyway for straw uh, for, i was gonna say straw of the week for so you mad let's get into straw of the week and i have many straws to throw so i'm going to start first with the mps that were tipping off immigration um or uh, tipping off um border control about um people who have come to them for help so it says here um, UK MPs called an immigration hotline 151 times during the pandemic. UK MPs have been using an official tips line to report people for immigration enforcement in greater numbers than ever before. More than 150 tip-offs were made to a Home Office immigration hotline by MPs since the start of the COVID pandemic, a freedom of information request by Vice World News showed. The new figures um, prompt questions over whether MPs should, could be sharing information about their own constituents who may have asked for their help um, over their immigration status. 
Charities say that they are concerned that vulnerable constituents could be deterred from seeking help for fear of being detained. Now, the reason I mention this is that, can you see the full circle? Because when I read Annie's letter about All In Your Head, the, um, you know, the play about domestic violence and stuff, she mentions, Annie mentions in there that the reason that some people aren't even coming forward about the domestic abuse that they are facing in their households during this lockdown is because they fear that they will be deported. And this is a very real fear because the actual MP, imagine that you've gone to your MP, your local MP for help. And they've gone, ha ha ha, sure. Thank you. Thank you for letting us know that you're going through that. All right. Okay. Thank you. Well, you have a lovely day now. Okay. Mind your head. I know that your face has been busted up a few times, but mind your head. Okay. Mind how you go. And they've locked the door and then they've gone, boop, 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 boop. Yeah, so I just write to report Zainab. Yeah, she's come through to say that certain things have been happening to her in her household. But yeah, you can come and take her. Her address is, I just think it's disgusting. I think it's absolutely disgusting. And this is a reason, like, th these are the people that are meant to be representing you in Parliament. That is not a represent representation of me. I would not have that happen to anybody. So I feel like... We need to know all of the names. I want to know all of the names that of the MPs who have been reporting people to immigration during such, uh, um, a t like just a tragic time in the trajectory of all of our lives. We need to know because these people, they deserve to be flogged. I don't fucking care. They deserve to be flogged because it's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting behavior. So any MP that took the uh, vulnerability, like misused and exploited the vulnerability of their constituents who have come to speak to them during this time and thought that, you know what I'm going to do? Instead of helping them, I'm just going to report them to um, the home office. You can suck your mothers for eternity, you absolute vile pricks, you disgusting cunts, you pricks. Absolutely vile behaviour. Go and suck your mothers. So that's my first straw of the week. Now, my second straw of the week is going to fly in various directions, but I'm going to start with the fact that the Golden Globes, I might win one one day. Who knows if awards are still around? I don't give a shit. Right now, what I want to say is that it's absolutely disgusting that Michaela Cole did not get a single Golden Globe nomination for I May Destroy You fucking disgusting that was daylight robbery disgusting behavior i may destroy you was a masterpiece was incredible was just gorgeous it was so informative it was so daring it was a uh, groundbreaking it was all of the things all of the words right incredible and you feel that it's not deserving of a golden globe nomination why why is I May Destroy You not deserving? Why? I am just absolutely furious that that is the case. I'm absolutely furious. I think it's absolutely just disgusting that something like this can happen when you know something has been, it's changed society. And what's mad is that people now who have watched I May Destroy You are going to go on to make things that are similar. I feel like this is what girls try to do with Lena Dunham and she did what she did for her white girls and I know that there are a couple like two two black girls that say that they can relate. Cool, do you? I just watched it for entertainment purposes and when I'm invested in the show I stayed the whole time. But I May Destroy You is what um, girls try to be. Girls walked I guess so I May Destroy You could fucking soar. Right? But after this, 
there are going to be other shows that try to do what I May Destroy You have done. And I'm sure that you will then let them have their, um, their rewards. I love that somebody came forward and they were like, oh, well, I worked on Emily in Paris and I can say wholeheartedly that I'm, I'm shocked that I May Destroy You didn't get any nominations because Emily in Paris got nominations. Now me personally, I haven't watched Emily in Paris because I don't really need to watch a white girl in Paris and what the fuck she's up to, but I will watch it to have a more robust point. But I know that my point won't change from what I'm saying right now. What's more interesting is that the person who wrote, um, Emily in Paris, they tweeted something very interesting. Um, it says here, this was uh, by Abby Govindan. It says here, Emily in Paris was originally about an Indian girl who moves to Paris. But when I pitched it, the network executive spit in my face and called me racial slurs. The following week, I repitched the exact same concept with a white girl. And now I'm nominated for two Golden Globes. I said, come and come and see a truth teller. When will you ever, when will your faves ever come forward and tell the truth in such a way? You want to tell me that racism is not rife. You want to tell me that white supremacy is not a thing. Yet we see here yet again that when it comes to story, people people are like, oh, why can't we, why aren't we seeing more black and brown people as the lead characters? Why aren't we seeing these things? Oh, um, we're, we're seeking out more stories. No, we hear you and we're seeking out more stories. You're fucking liars because this is what's happening. People are pitching the stories to you and you're choosing to ignore them or asking them to go back and rework it so it centers a white person or somebody that's white passing, whatever. You just want it to be as palatable as possible for white audiences. Do you know, and I'm sure I've mentioned this before, but in case I haven't, do you know why that um, black guy on sex education is wearing contact lenses? Because I can tell you, because initially I was just like, why the fuck is he wearing contact lenses? The reason he's wearing contact lenses is because the showmakers were like, were worried that the audience, basically white people would not be able to tell the difference between him and the other black male character on the show. That is why everywhere you look, there is a madness that's happening to black and brown people all of the fucking time. And this is why probably you need to go and get Nikesh Shukla's book, um, Brown Baby. You know, Nikesh is a baby boy. Um, and you can, you know, tweet at him and let him know that I recommended the ting because I'm always recommending the girls and the boys and the baby non-binaries. I'm always recommending. Um, but yeah, I just think that is absolutely disgusting that you picture showing you're like, oh, I want the Indian girl to be the protagonist. And I'm like, oh gosh, no, we don't want an Indian girl as the protagonist. Nobody wants to see that. Are you mad? Do you not know how much Bollywood makes? Bollywood makes money. If we're just talking about all of this being about money, Bollywood makes money. Nollywood makes money. Yet you think that on your mainstream platforms, people don't want to see black people. They don't want to see brown people. Stop fucking lying and just say that you're not interested because you're a vile, bigoted, racist cunt. Say that. Say that and keep it moving. So I just think that the fact that Michaela Cole was even able to get I May Destroy You out to us knowing how mad Netflix wanted to move towards her, the fact that she was even able to get that out to us is a miracle in and of itself. But that shouldn't be where the miracle ends. The fact is she should be winning awards. In fact, the, the awards should just be going bass, boss, bass, boss, boss over her head. She should be getting awards from left, right, center. Why isn't she? Why? Because I'll tell you why. Misogynoir. Misogynoir is the reason. Racism is the reason. That's why we're here. White supremacy is the reason. Yeah, let's call it as it is. Um, you're not going to be able to silence black women 
um, for much longer. Like we've utilized your platforms in a way that you can never take away from us. No matter even if like my Instagram page, you try to delete it, I come back, back. I just come right back. It is what it is. But um, yeah, so I just think that that's absolutely wild. So I feel like the Golden Globes can go suck their mothers with a golden straw. They can do all of that because the way that she's been treated, Michaela Cole's been treated and snubbed is is it's just disgusting. I can't, I can't even think of more vocabulary to give you. It's a travesty. Then moving on from there, I read that Candice Brathwaite, who I've mentioned on the show before regarding Clemmy Hooper and all of that stuff. Um, um, Candice Brathwaite had been working on a documentary about the maternal mortality rate of black women in the UK. And she was meant to be the presenter for the documentary. But then she found out when it was announced, um, I think it was, you know, last week that Rochelle Hume, was she in the Saturdays? Saturdays? Was it Saturdays? Girls Aloud? I don't know them girl groups, man. But she was in one of them ones anyway. Um, Rochelle Hume, a mixed race woman, would instead, um, a mixed race light skinned woman, would instead be the one who would be presenting the show instead of Candice. And, um, you know, clearly colorism is at play, but, you know, I need to give a straw first to the production company that decided to replace Candice, uh, to replace Candice with Rochelle, but also to the people who are denying that this is an issue to do with colorism. I need you to go and suck your mum every day from Sunday. Yeah, every day from Sunday, every hour from sunrise to sunset. That's what you need to do. Sunrise, sunset, sunrise, sunset, swiftly flow the years. Anyway, that was um, Fiddler on the Roof. I just thought I'd give you a rendition quickly. Anyway, back to the subject at hand. Give Candice her fucking things. Give Candice her things now. Because this, guess the word I'm going to use, is disgusting disgusting it's disgusting how much more does the girl have to do candice wrote a best-selling book i am not your baby mother candice from early before the, the rest of the girls joined the conversation candice has been talking about the maternal mortality rate of black women in the uk she has been using her platforms to draw attention to the intersections of motherhood when it comes to black womanhood she has been doing that she has been doing that. We've watched Candice grow through the years. She has been doing that. Yet, when it is time to do a documentary that's going to go far and wide and that she's been helping you on, and I'm sure she's been giving you resources on, no, let's go and get Rochelle. When, I'm sorry, before Black Square Summer, before Black Square Wipeout, when was Rochelle ever addressing herself even as a black person or um, um, a biracial person? I, I'm personally, I can say that I don't think that I've seen it. So many people off the back of George Floyd being killed by the police have suddenly decided to embrace their blackness. They've suddenly thought, oh, you know what? It's safe to be black now. I'm going to come outside and say that I too am black. Meanwhile, the people who have been shouting from the rooftops that they've been black from day we get overlooked and then it's you lot that are brought in and this isn't even a case of me trying to do an us and them um, uh, uh, us and them thing because it, it affects us all but at the same time i'm so tired of the biracial people in this country being okay with being the spokespeople for every fucking thing to do with blackness and never once thinking you know what maybe i should step back on this one maybe this one isn't for me yeah maybe this one isn't for me but rarely do we see that and to me you know what the only time 
that I have had that happen is when somebody else recommended me to go on woman's hour instead of themselves. Well, we all see how that played out, but that's not the point. The point is that they looked at the situation, they heard the feedback and went, you know what, I'm always going to be chosen as the um, biracial person to come and speak in these situations. Instead, I think that this woman should do it instead. This black woman should do it instead. She should go and speak in my place. Um, and I think that that is how we redistribute the things that um, white people and white institutions disproportionately only want to give to biracial people or light and or light skinned people. Um, and that's their way of diversifying their, 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 their work. Um, it's mad. It's absolutely mad. And and I fucking hate it. I absolutely hate it. You are casting a role for a black woman. You, and I'm saying this as an actress, right? Every time I see a breakdown, if the breakdown, I listen to me carefully, listen to me fucking carefully now. When I see breakdowns on Spotlight and then places there, whenever I see that they're looking for a beautiful woman, do you know that I never ever think that they're looking for a black woman? Sometimes they cast a dark-skinned black woman and I'm absolutely flawed, but I tell you, it does not happen often. The most that they will do, the most that they will venture to is giving you um, a light-skinned um, light woman, but more time, they are specifically biracial. Specifically, they are biracial. Those are the people that they choose to put in these roles. We see it happening everywhere. Kenya Barris can't get enough of it. Every time he wants to give us mixed families, mixed families, mixed families. Um, but to me, it's, it's, it's just absolutely disrespectful that Candice has been speaking about this. Her literal book, her best-selling book is about, you know, this subject or covers this subject. I remember when I had my book proposal out and one of my sample chapters, which you can read on my website, is called Angry Black and Woman on kelechiokafor.com. I talk about my experiences um, with the healthcare industry from my miscarriage to um, my, my experience when I, of childbirth and how I was treated as a black woman. I had this as a sample chapter and I remember some editors um, coming back, you know, not just, not. I'm not even talking necessarily about the editors who bid for the book. I'm talking about the editors who didn't bid. And they were like, mm, I just don't think that, you know, these chapters, especially this one, I just don't think that it's universal enough. It's universal enough. How can I make the fact that black women are disproportionately dying um, during childbirth in comparison to white women? How can I make that universal? In other words, include white women. I've talked about the fact that it affects Serena Williams, who's over in America and, you know, she's a rich black woman. I've talked about the fact that it could still be, a, you know, it definitely affects people who don't have Serena Williams money in America as well. Like it's clear that it's happening any everywhere to black women. Like, isn't that universal for, enough for you? But I must also stress that oh no white women can be affected too i'm not talking to white women this podcast i was never even talking to white people like i said this podcast is a love letter to myself so i'm talking to me a black woman and if it, it resonates with anybody else that is wonderful if it resonates with white people wonderful but you will never be my focus i'm talking about me so I just found that very, very interesting that they would do such. And you can just see in every avenue how you are forced all of the time that if you're going to have any success in this country, you have to be talking to white people all of the time. That's why you can say that I'm not a household name as certain journalists wanted to come and tell me last summer. But, you know, when the clown, uh, when you do clownery, you're having your own experiences now, Sha. But anyway... Um, when you're saying I'm not a household name, why am I not? Because I am not here to appease white people. I'm not here to make white people feel comfortable. And it is what it is, right? So I just look at this situation and I think that a dark-skinned black woman 
talking about the maternal mortality rate of black women in the UK, you feel would not have sold because why do white people want to watch a dark skinned woman talking? They're just going to lose their shit. I even saw that somebody, an MP in fact, was tweeting about how they were so disgusted that, um, Songs of Praise featured all black um, singing groups and all black judges. I think that was Gospel Singer of the Year and I was watching that and I was actually enjoying that. Probably inspired the song at the beginning of the podcast. But this is literally how people lose their shit. And I wouldn't be surprised if an MP like that is the one reporting people to um, immigration when they come to him for help during the pandemic. Um, Everything is linked. Everything is linked. We can't forget the fact that Candice was trolled by Clemmy Hooper, who is a midwife in the NHS. You don't think that those things make Candice the perfect person to be the one that's presenting this uh, this documentary. Some of you are so shit at your jobs. And the reason that you're shit at your jobs is because you're not willing to take your project off the table when white people are trying to disrespect it and fuck it up. You have, there has to come a point where you go, you know what? I can't go ahead with this project because you're, you're, you're skewing it beyond recognition. So I want to take my things back. And I remember that Bumi um, Mojeku, she said that she'd been working on a script that she sent um, out. And when she got the edits back, they changed the very dark skinned black characters that she'd put in there. They'd, um, they'd switched it to a mixed race, um, to a, a mixed race woman or something like that, or mixed race protagonist, which goes to show you how insidious it is everywhere, how misogynized everywhere, specifically towards women who are not light skinned. Like it's everywhere. And, the, and it's all like, Oh, but maybe the reason that they've said that Rochelle should do it is because she's more recognized on mainstream TV and she's got more of a following and she's got more of a reach. You lot are fucking liars. You're liars because you will use people who don't necessarily have a major reach all of the time. If they're white, if they're light, you'll use them. And how did Rochelle amass that following? How did she get on mainstream TV constantly? it still comes back to colorism because she was chosen at every point over a black person, a, a, like a darker skinned black person. She was chosen every time over them. So people are shocked when they see that light skinned people have these massive platforms, but don't want to sit down and interrogate. How did that come to be? You all shout up and down for Georgia Smith, Georgia Smith, Georgia Smith. I'm not taking away anything from Georgia Smith's talent, but I know that when you lot are talking about her, you are really talking about her talent. You are really talking about her singing. And the reason that she has the reach that she has is again because of her light skin so i the colorism is everywhere you might want to deny it to yourselves because you feel like oh well how do we make it past the problem like this how do we deal with an issue like this you don't want to deal with it because you know it is what it is and i just think that it's disgusting at the end of the day i also have to put in here for the sake of transparency that i would have found it funny that either with regardless of who would have been presenting this documentary about um the maternal mortality rates of um, black women in the uk i would still not have been featured as a guest and i think that that's something that people need to sit with as well as much as i've been talking about this subject and i've been on tv and i've been doing and on on various podcasts and i've just been talking i've used my platforms to be talking regardless of who it would have hosted or presented it i still would not have been featured as a guest and i just think that that in and of itself is problematic how i can be out here shouting from the rooftops supporting black women up and down up and down up and down every day but when it comes to having um furthering the conversations that i've been having before you lot decided that it was something that you would care about too that 
oh, you know, yeah, well, we can look, we can look over her. We don't need to have her. Meanwhile, I'm the one that has, that can connect all the dots for you. I'm the one that has the, the scope to be able to say to you, well, this is how this connects with this. And I can take you back to when we start having, having the classifications of race and how it brought us to the modern day and black women's um, relationship with the healthcare industries across the world and how we have been used to further all of these um, um, innovations, yet we have been disrespected in wild ways. I can help you connect them things, but rarely am I the one that's brought in to then feature even just as a guest, just as a guest. So, you know, at first this is why I was like, do I want to talk about this? Do I want to um, have this chat on this podcast, knowing how exhausted I am from basically backing it for everybody else and then being left here to just be staring? But it's a duty. It's part of my calling. So I'll do what I need to do. At the end of the day, it is what it is. It's not humans that I'm looking to verify me or validate me. That's on God. You know, God's going to do that. I'm just going to keep doing my work and minding my business. But I just think that I'm tired of seeing biracial people being the, um, the spokespeople for every single fucking thing to do with race when it comes to the UK. I find it really, really boring and I find it really insulting. The fact that Leanne Pin... And firstly, let me go back to Rochelle Hume. They offered you this. Fine, you didn't know that Candice was the one that was going to be doing it, right? Cool, you didn't know. But did you not read the brief and think, I had my baby um, with private health care, so I don't know what people experience with the NHS. I'm not a dark-skinned black woman, and from the research that I hope you would have done upon receiving the brief, this seems to be affecting dark-skinned black women disproportionately. So maybe I'm not the one to be the one talking on this. You didn't have any thought about that you just went yes I'm gonna do it so this is why I keep saying that you have to biracial people you have to sit down and start looking at your proximity to whiteness and what it affords you in terms of privilege and I'm not this is not me saying that every literal biracial person is black and white I'm talking about this specific mix that's what I'm talking about um so I just find it problematic. And meanwhile, you were on that po um, documentary called The Talk, which I thought was extremely problematic, actually, that didn't cover the things that needed to be covered. But I thought, let me save my words because people will now be say that they're upset. But I just thought that that was really interesting that your husband was sitting there talking about, was he, was he in JLS or, yeah, JLS. He was sitting there talking about, oh, well, um, I don't think we should be talking to our daughter about race. He was very, very anti that whole time. He was very, very reluctant, very, very standoffish. I just didn't like his vibe in that documentary. But you, you can't even have the conversation in your household with your husband, but you want to be the face of it, presenting a conversation such as that to the rest of the UK. Does your husband even believe that this is happening to black women? Does he ever want to talk about race? So I just, I just, um, no. Same goes for Leanne Pinnock, who's got her, you know, from, um, what's their group? Little Mix. She's got her um, documentary coming out um, next month or something about colorism. Why are you as a mixed race person being the one to have a, a documentary about colorism? Somebody tweeted at me and they were like, yeah, but it's her personal project. And as opposed to Rochelle, who was brought onto the project. No, no, don't ever try that with me. Don't ever come to my face and spit in it and lie. Do you think that um, um, Leanne is the first person to pitch a colorism documentary to the BBC? No, she's not. So that means that other black people, specifically dark skinned black people who have come forward and said, I want to do a documentary about colorism. They've been shut down. But oh, let's have a palatable face talk about colorism. That is colorism at play. Is she going to address that in the documentary? Say, you know what? 
I'm presenting this right now because of colorism. Is she going to break down how colorism has benefited her? These times I've watched her mum on the same documentary, The Talk, talking about, oh, we never talk to her about race because we don't want her to have a chip on her shoulder. Have you addressed your mother? Have you addressed your father about their, their racism before you're coming to present a documentary about colorism? I want it to be made clear that there is, I'm in no way coming for Leanne no way coming for Rochelle. I'm coming for the system, the systems that allow for them to be able to do these things. It's the systems that bother me. So my straw goes to the systems, the networks, the platforms, the dynamics, white supremacist patriarchy that allows for this to even be a thing. Because I know people are going to sit there right now and be like, oh, but I'm just trying to help and I'm just trying to, I'm not, look, it's not about you. At the same time, it is about you. Yeah. That's all I've got to say on the matter. I can't say much else, but I'm just tired of the bullshit. And also a straw goes out to some of you lot that think that I need to come and speak about everything. And if I'm not speaking about it, you did it with the slum flower thing as well. Asking me when am I going to speak, uh, speak about this and speak about that. Can you not form your own opinion without needing me to weigh in on it? Do you, can you not do that? Or is the fact that you formed your opinion that you want to check if I agree with it or I disagree with it or I say something contrary to it so you can decide how you're going to come try and come for me today or tomorrow or next week. You can fuck off and you can go suck your mum and leave me the fuck alone. I said I did not want to be online for a little while. Leave me with my peace. Leave me alone. It's not everything that I need to speak on. There are other people clearly who are doing the speaking and the fact is when they are speaking, they get massive mainstream platforms to continue speaking. No one remembers that, oh, Kalechi was speaking about this ages ago. Kalechi's been speaking about this on her podcast for years. No, you all be kikiing and retweeting and ha-haing when they put the people in that only decided that they were going to be black last week. So leave me out of it. Drop me the fuck out. Leave me alone. And that's that for this week's episode of SYM. Officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What? That's right. Suck your mother. I have been Kalechi Okafor and this has been SYM, like I said. And um, yeah, you can follow me on at Kalechnikov, even though I'm not writing anything really, or um, on Instagram and um Twitter or at Say Your Mind Pod, both on Instagram and Twitter. And you can support the podcast on patreon.com forward slash Kelechi Okafor. And that's it for this week. Um, yeah, I, I feel like I've, I've said all the things that needed to be said. So you can just leave me alone. Oi, oi. I literally had to come back and do an update on this matter because since I recorded, which was literally a few hours ago, there's been some, you know, things that have transpired. So obviously, you know, I have more journalistic integrity than your faves. So I've had to come and add that in. But actually, listening back already to what's been recorded, I wouldn't change anything. Like, literally, I'm just adding something after where I said, leave me alone. Um, and yeah, so Candice has um, updated everybody and she said that the producer of the show that Rochelle Humes is to present has called me asking me to clarify that I was no I'm um, asking me to clarify that I was never in the running to present that particular documentary so for the record I was contacted in March 2020 by a different production company about developing a similar documentary and had been speaking with them throughout 2020 
our last Zoom call being on December 1st, 2020. I've been advised that the show with Rochelle was also being developed at the same time I was engaged in discussions and was obviously commissioned. The producer said that fortunately for him, his show was simply acquired first and these things happen in television. I was also told that I would never have been in a front runner for this particular documentary as they prefer their subjects to be removed from the situation so that the element of discovery about an issue is genuine but that there would um, perhaps be room for another documentary of the same nature after this one has aired. They had asked me to contribute my expertise, but I declined as I don't want my trauma to be mined for a show where I have no control of the narrative. My agent had asked a few weeks ago if there was a possibility I could co-present alongside Rochelle and was told there was not. At the end of the day, I cannot overstate enough how important it is for this issue to be spoken about until we are able to save more black women. In. On a personal note, I've learned a lot and I'm thinking carefully about my future in TV um, on the whole. Thank you guys so much. So now some people are jumping up going, see, it wasn't even ever the same documentary, but you need to listen to what the producer has said. First, you want me to come and clarify that it wasn't the same documentary. Cool. But are we not sitting here really, really thinking about the systems that we exist within and why the, the systems we exist within deserve straws? So the documentary featuring the mixed race woman who clearly, as the producer has says, knows nothing about what has been happening, but is going in to go and investigate because these, um, you you know, allegedly these um, documentaries tend to do better when the person is removed from the subject. I am tired of seeing people removed from the subject when it comes to the the urgent nature of black women dying disproportionately during childbirth. And we know that the stats are actually different when it comes to mixed race women. It's also there in the Embrace report. So I just think it's wild that when it comes to an issue such as this, we're saying that we want somebody that's removed from it. Is this um, a documentary with David Attenborough? We're not species. We're not random species. We're literally human beings. We're human beings that deserve for the person who's um, talking about it to be deeply engaged with the subject. And I would prefer for an expert to be speaking about it. When it comes to things to do with white people, you have documentaries where they're invested in it, whether they're getting IVF treatment or they're having fertility issues or whatever whatever you get people who are invested in it or who are experts to talk about it all of the time who have been speaking about it to talk about it all of the time but for some reason when it comes to an issue to do with black women oh it's like no let's get someone who's removed from it basically what you're saying again is that we want a face that people will feel comfortable hearing this information from and that happens to be a biracial woman. I'm not, and I said this earlier in the um, recording before I came to come and do this little update. I have no issue with Leanne Pinnock. I have no issue with Rochelle. And I think, again, colorism is showing itself from the tweet that I'm seeing where people are like, oh, you guys are piling on Rochelle. You're doing this, you're doing that. I never see that energy when it's me that's being attacked online. Suddenly you all have the energy when it's a, a mixed race woman. You're like, oh, no, 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 no. Because again, it, it, ask yourself why that is. Ask yourself why you're willing to to ride out in that way and claim that this person is being attacked in this way that you would not do for darker skinned black women. That's all I'm saying. But at the same time, yes, I think that clarification did need to be made that Rochelle's documentary was very different from the documentary or was separate to the documentary that Candice would be making. And why could you not have two hosts? Why was it not possible to bring Candice on as, as somebody who's literally experienced so much of what has happened? 
why can't you bring her on as another um, as a voice um, to to co-host and co-present no because again you know that it will affect the optics and you know what you were going for all of the time and I think it's interesting as well that Andre Gray who is Leanne Pinnock's fiance he's really out here attacking people on socials um not that I'm going to speak about specific people that he's attacking because those very same people I've known them to be very very antagonistic towards dark-skinned black women and um have been very very hateful towards me over the past year so I don't care that it's this specific person that he's coming for for but I do think something needs to be said about the fact that people are saying right rightly so your mixed race girlfriend is presenting a documentary about colorism this is interesting and then he's out here going well no I need to read exactly what he wrote because to me it was very wild he said, bruv, shut up. You haven't seen it yet. And since when has it become a problem for light-skinned person, for a light-skinned person to speak in their experience with race? Stop talking shit. No one's saying that they shouldn't talk about race. We're talking about colorism specifically. The documentary is about colorism. So therefore, I think that it's those who are deeply affected, the most affected by colorism, that should be speaking on it. Not necessarily those who have are most privileged from colorism and like i said earlier black women um have pitched i'm sure dark-skinned black women have pitched to have a documentary about a colorism that have been looked over and have been disrespected and told to piss off yet leanne's get gets greenlit i hope that in the documentary she's involved lots of different voices and she's involved lots of dark-skinned black women to speak on their experiences but at the same time why are they the passive people in this dynamic why are they the ones simply the guests i've said this before why is it that black women can only be the guests in certain situations and it's other people that get to speak i just find it extremely wild and i find it extremely problematic but i love that when andre tweeted that about leanne to in support of her that somebody pulled up one of his tweets from 2012 and where he tweeted black girls with red lipstick is like burnt toast with jam on it so we know that he's talking about dark-skinned black girls there and you are here defending your fiance's right to make a documentary about um racism um oh sorry about colorism specifically and he said yes that was me never hid from it i was part of the problem of this whole issue but this is not the argument it's about people trying to bring my fiance into shit for sharing her experience on race and using her platform nobody's bringing her into shit to talk about race she could talk about race but when it comes to colorism people need to know their lane and it's very like we we know that colorism clearly exists because if you're saying that oh she's filled this documentary with lots of dark-skinned black people black women specifically who are talking about their experiences we have to ask ourselves why did she have to be the face of it for it to get greenlit is that is she going to discuss that i hope so i don't know about any of these documentaries we have to wait and see for when they actually come out but i just think that it's so interesting that all of these conversations are happening and andre has said that he's apologized in the past for making very very vile um homophobic comments as well as colorist comments but again i am here minding my business because every time i come to speak i am the one that gets you know attacked for these things so simply by speaking out on on twitter about this situation um involving candice and now it's been cleared up about um you know rochelle humes because i've been speaking about that i'm just going to one of the dms that i've received and this is why i stay off social media so i think that this is why it's so irresponsible of those of you who see me not on socials but like oh no but have you seen this you have to say something about this you have to say something about this because you're not the one that's receiving the abuse with me so can i live can i rest can i breathe 
somebody um, DM'd me and said, you're literally just jealous of Rochelle. That's it. You're not a woman's woman. You pick and choose when to speak out. I find you very disgusting. At your age, you're dragging. They can't spell. They never are able to spell. They always miss up, mix up your and your. Um, you're dragging somebody and their husband over documentary. Maybe Catherine should lose some weight first. They're referring to Candice there, but they've called her Catherine. So this per person is clearly vile. I think you are very disgusting. You're dragging Rochelle Humes, but you're supposed to be for women, etc. No wonder people don't want to work with the likes of you. Rochelle has done nothing but good things. And yet here's your ugly self. So this person's clearly a colorist as well. Thinking you and Catherine are better. Have you looked in the mirror lately? So you're proving the point. You're proving the point that we just made you fucking cunt. You kind of people that like to send DMs and do all sorts. What's this person's um, at? In fact, let's just share it. I think they're called, they call themselves L-E-L. -E they're called L-A-D-E-R-E-L-A-D-E-R-E-L-A-D-E-R-E-L-A-D-E-R-E-L-A-D-E-R-E-L-A-D-E-R-E-L-A-D-E-R-E-L-A-D-E-R-E-L-A-
It's the Benz Brunani woman is Baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this Baby sit down, sit down, receive this realness Make sure your cup's ready for the tea we are go sipping yo Hard time scrolling for your long shorts You might learn something you never know Collect you find, and she's one of a kind Don't say you mind, say you mind